We said at the beginning of our worship that we're here to adore our Lord. Adore has everything to do with worship. It can be done in quietness. And I was reflecting as we look at this beautiful sanctuary, having the joy of being here together, claiming the promise that our Lord said when we gather in his name, he's in the midst. How appropriate as part of our worship, and perhaps particularly after the week we've had uh, this week nationally, or considering some of the challenges that you take to Christmas this year, wouldn't it be wonderful to have just a moment to get connected with Jesus himself? To look at the beauty, to think of the Christmas story. I don't know what's on your heart, but let's let Jesus know and have just a few moments of quietness before we proceed. Lord, in the midst of a very busy, loud world, it's good to hear your still small voice. To be reminded you call us by name. You know everything we brought to church today. You watch, you care, you respond. We adore you. And we pray you'll hear, we, we will hear your message to us individually today, for we pray in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, I'm praying that God would give you an absolute sure roadmap to joy this Christmas, regardless of any challenges you're facing. And the roadmap to joy is an interesting truth. It's something that you'll agree with, as I stated, one we've known from childhood, and yet we don't really believe it because we don't live it, or at least to some degree we don't. Let me show you what I mean. One of my favorite things about the Christmas season is that it highlights this foundational truth about life. Namely, it's better to give than to receive. Giving gets us connected with people. It frees us from the isolation, the polarization of our times. Newsweek magazine claims America is on a collision course with disaster because we've adopted lifestyles of believing greed is good Having is better than sharing. And we've adopted the devil may care as long as I get mine attitude. Today's scripture offers a cure for this pathological lifestyle. Me firstism. Our text says, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, well, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue but with actions and truth. In other words, let's not just say we believe something, let's live it. Our Lord's teaching that giving is better than getting, that sharing is a sure roadmap to joy, has an absolute head-on collision with what I call self-maximizers, persons valued in our society, those persons who get ahead regardless of the price, 
grab what, while, grab what is there while they can still get it and make any moral compromise necessary to win. And when they win, we value them regardless of the means. Jesus gave a warning. He said, obsession with self is a disease that if pursued will not only drain, drain us of joy and fulfillment, it will cost us our very souls for all eternity. And so in a nutshell, when Jesus calls us to model the true spirit of Christmas, he's really trying to tell us it's better to give than to receive. And we do that by putting new price tags on what really matters in life. Relationships, sharing, loving. To put the needs of others ahead of our own. And, and bottom line, what I'm praying will happen in your heart and mind this Christmas is that we'll go beyond talking about sharing and loving and believing it's a good thing to do, to actually this year doing it and thus proving and modeling to a skeptical world that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Most of us begin our Christian journey using Jesus, like a child in a sense uses parents. Uh, Jesus meets our needs. He forgives our sins. He rids us of guilt. He heals us when we're sick. Uh, we cry out to him when we have marital problems, when we're worried about the future of our kids, when we have financial needs, you name it. In other words, Jesus is somebody we turn to that helps us. And when he helps us, we're happy. And when he doesn't, we get a little miffed. As we grow in our Christian experience, like a child coming of age, we begin to seek the greater joy that comes not by using Jesus, but by partnering with him in giving ourselves away. And that's when we really start uh, tapping in to the joy of life. When we model the love of Jesus, we wage war against these pathologies of our souls like self-absorption, narcissism, indifference, pride, the diseases of our time. Again, listen to our text. If anyone has material possessions, sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and truth. I've said it before, life can't be saved up. And the only part of ourselves we ever really save is what we give away. Recently, a couple came to see me seeking counsel on how to avoid getting entangled in the materialistic lifestyle of our area. And they asked how they might uh, invest to advance the agenda of Jesus rather than just buy more stuff and expand their wish list. You see, they began to understand <coughs> that materialism is one of the most addictive, powerful forces in the world that wages war on our souls. And one of the only ways it can be defeated is by sharing. Last week, I attended a Young Life dinner and heard a young Latino man tell how he had been raised in a large family his parents had done everything to give him a better economic foundation than they had achieved. He became a Christian. He graduated from Cal. And then, of all things, he decided to become a young life leader. His parents being Christian, he went home to tell them their reaction. They were disappointed. They said, this isn't the future we hoped for you. Later the evening, Tony Campolo spoke, and he explained how many Christian parents urge our children to go to the best schools so they can graduate and make money. And they get money so they can acquire more stuff. 
and join into the very lifestyle that most of us as Christians are trying to escape from. He went on to say that the biggest obstacle to students who hear the call of God to go on an internship in the inner city with Tony's ministry, the biggest obstacle are the parents, Christian parents, who had hoped for something more for their kids, like going and earning money, getting a top position so they can join the lifestyle of the secular race of our time. Even when they've heard the call of God. You see, we must make no mistake. Our Christian belief that it's better to give than to receive has a head-on collision with our culture. We are saturated, seduced every day by commercials, by a mall, by everything in this area to make us believe that things are good, that money is the thing to chase. And it's only when the love of Jesus begins to grab our hearts and fills us with gratitude that our eyes are open to the joys of giving ourselves away. Do we understand that as Christians, God put us here to share our lives to meet human need. That's why we're here, not to the climb to the top of the pyramid of American culture. Christians filled with the love of Jesus has a, have a transformation taking place that, you know, somehow I hope it's happening to us where the more we're blessed, we look around us, we see all this, we have an abundant life and we get an increasingly sense of discontent in our heart, a, a, an itch we can't scratch that because we have so much and others have so little, until we get some balance, some bridge, we, we can't even enjoy what we have. I would call that a divine discontent. A beautiful young girl whom the world would call retarded was getting to run, ready to run at the Special Olympics. The gun went off. Now keep in mind, this is not an Olympic form runner. She's hitting every lane, but she's got everybody beat by 40 yards. I love this story. She got all the way down to the finish line and stopped and she wouldn't go across. She turned and waited for her friends. And then all six kids held hands and crossed the finish line together and she said, we all win. That's it. And that, if, you have, if you feel an itch in your heart, don't be guilty because you have something. Understand that's the Holy Spirit just saying, we've got to share it so we all can win. And if we are content without doing that, question whether it's the love of Jesus in our hearts. The love of Jesus enables us to put aside the primacy of our own needs so we are free to care about others. That's the simple truth of Christmas, of Christianity. We've heard it from childhood. And you know, the problem is we don't really believe it. In theory, great. In reality, how many of us actually are doing it? Now, I want to make it clear. I'm not calling us to a life of sacrifice. Jesus isn't trying to feel, make us feel guilty because he's given us so much. He's trying to say, I want you to understand that the things you've got aren't really the key to life. They're the appetizer. We're not talking about sacrifice when we're talking about sharing. We're talking about joy and the only way you're going to find it. We're talking about an inoculation against the death that comes from somebody so totally self-indulged, they've forgotten how to love. Let me give you an illustration. Most of us really didn't know the man, except for what we read. His life ended tragically and ironically, 
At the time of his death, he weighed only 120 pounds, stretched along his six foot four inch frame. His entire body was colorless, even his lips. His hair, beard, and nails were hideously long and unkempt. Many of his teeth were rotting black stumps. On his arms and thighs and clustered tightly in his groin area were needle marks. He was a junkie, skin popping more than 20 grams daily. This the man who was the envy of a generation. During his life, he had, all, he had it all, power, money, fame, unlimited pleasures, women. He gave himself unreservedly to self-indulgence. And if ever a man had what it takes to be satisfied, the jealous public would say it had to be Howard Hughes. That's a, that's a parable of what happens to our souls when we get self-indulged, when we're obsessed with me. And that's what Jesus is trying to save us from when he asks us to share and to love so we can all win. Not a sacrifice, it's a gift. And when we get it, we found the key to life. So I want to give us a challenge this Christmas. Most of us agree, in theory, it's better to give than to receive. We've been saying that for years. Well, this year, let's test the truth. Where to start? I challenge us, let's begin with one person, one family who needs us. The ministry of Jesus never has been about crowds. It's always about individuals with names, persons he touched and changed, like he calls you by name today and knows everything about your life today. I was given an article from the Investors Daily discussing poverty. I quote, our personal strength is more important than our money. What the system really needs is not another hundred billion. It needs about 50 million Americans who are willing to do something as a human being. Enough Americans willing to reach out and just help one person. Don't try to save Atlanta or Washington. Try to save one person. The difference you can make is that process, the, the difference you can make in that process is enormous. And it is. And this is a secular paper. A staff member told me about an incident in San Francisco this month that illustrates the power of one. One of our young women was distributing socks to the street people as our young people are up there ministering. And she found a homeless couple. The man was in a wheelchair. His hands were very deformed. She had learned he'd been a prisoner of war in Vietnam. His hands had been crippled. His legs had been injured and he was crippled. As she gave him the gift of socks, she realized he couldn't put on his own socks because of his injured hands. So she got down there in the street, middle of San Francisco, removed his filthy worn socks and put on the new ones. And at that moment, she said she experienced the joy that Jesus was talking about, that he modeled when he got down at our feet. He washed our feet, the Son of God, and took off our socks and put on new ones. You see, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Putting socks on a homeless man in San Francisco, that's love in action. She didn't meet all the needs of the street people, but she met the needs of one. Several thousand of us will attend worship this weekend. Imagine the impact if all of us found just one person to love in the name of Jesus this Christmas. Here's the challenge. Let's not talk about love. Let's do it. Let's go find someone who needs some socks and bow down and give them to them. And if you have some stories, and I'm sure you will, 
write me some letters because stories will stimulate all of us. This is going to work. We're going to make a difference. I don't want to be among those evangelicals accused by John Stott and others of being people who talk but never do anything. That's, the, that's a heresy in society. We don't want to be that. We don't have to be that. We're not that. This year, let's prove it's more blessed to give than to receive. Would you bow with me in prayer? Lord Jesus, we're so grateful for Christmas. We're glad it comes to remind us what life is about. Culture tells us every day in a seductive way it's about getting. And you came to show us it's about giving. Help us to believe it and help us to do it this year. For we pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.